0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. It's Monday. Congratulations to the Warriors on their big win. To start the show, I talk with independent candidate for California's new governor, Michael Schellenberger, on what he wants to improve in California. Molly, it's a really fascinating interview. He's kind of like a moderate. uh, He's running as an independent. I am voting for him in the primaries because I would like to see somebody who's a moderate at least debate. Even if they have
1: a small chance of winning, I'd like to see him debate Uh, super and primaries are tomorrow by the way if you are in california and as we've discussed if you're gonna vote i mean please vote and also vote in primaries turns out yeah very important speaking of which i gotta fill out my ballot uh so that's gonna be super interesting then we cover apple's 2022 wwdc announcements an array of updates including uh some dishy new iMessage features yes a new chip Mm -hmm. for the apple silicon family and then possibly the absolute uh, like a bomb of the announcement yeah. pay later Buy Apple now pay later. Pay
0: later yeah coming to Apple uh, really really uh, interesting stuff and um, after that we cover uh, a report from Reuters uh, that Binance has had 2.35 billion dollars worth of illicit funds laundered through their system you know talking drugs investment frauds hacks and everything in between. Uh, pretty gnarly stuff, but it looks like the chickens are coming home to roost in the crypto space.
1: It's fascinating. And since we know you missed us over the weekend, we just keep on going. We've keep also going. got Elon Musk accusing Twitter of withholding material information. bot information. Big news there. And
2: finally, there.
0: Uh, Beijing is wrapping up its DD investigation. The stock's gone up a bit, and uh, but they're moving from the West and listing their stock publicly here to now the decoupling of china and america they are going to be listed dd on
2: the hong kong stock exchange so it's going to be a great episode stick with us this week in startups is brought to you by notion notion is one place for notes docs projects and everyday work that goes way beyond a wiki go to notion.so and use promo code twist to get 250 dollars off an annual team plan OurCrowd. Crowd. Our Crowd helps you invest early in pre IPO companies alongside professional VCs. If you're interested in investing, you can join Our Crowd for free at OURCROWD.com/slash twist. And First Republic Bank, where everybody gets a personal banker who's reachable by phone, email, or text and through First Republic's banking app. Learn more at firstrepublic.com slash startup. Member FDIC equal housing lender.
0: Hey, everybody. Next up on the show, Michael Schellenberger, uh, who is an independent candidate for California governor. Now, we don't often talk about tech here on This Week in Startups because it's This Week in Startups. We're here to talk about startups, uh, capital allocating into them, and technology, innovation, uh, and entrepreneurship. It's kind of our wheelhouse here. But, um... One of the things facing the tech industry is the absolute mismanagement of not only California, but more specifically, the Bay Area, and then drilling down into there San Francisco. And I've watched this firsthand, having moved to California um, in my early 30s, almost 20 yeah, 20 years ago, exactly. And then moving up to the Bay Area, almost 10 years, exactly. So I did 10 years in LA, 10 years in San Francisco, uh, and also the water Bay Area and the peninsula in the suburbs, basically. So I've gotten a really firsthand look at this and watched as Los Angeles um, devolved uh, and also as California surged in some ways. And then the utter collapse that occurred right as my 10 years here, I watched San Francisco, boom, and all the tech companies suddenly want to base themselves in San Francisco. And now getting a startup to come to a meeting in San Francisco is essentially an impossibility. So we're going to unpack that with Michael Schellenberg. Welcome to the program, Michael
3: great to be with you good to see you jason
0: good to see you you guys you and i met socially uh recently and uh we had a nice talk uh and you are a resident of the bay area i, I don't know if you say the specific town you're from uh or not i don't want to micro target yeah okay. totally so <laughs> i will micro i don't micro target myself i just you know generally say <laughs> I, I live in the wider berkeley. bay area but you're in berkeley uh which is um a really uh avant-garde uh liberal area and um you're running for governor. Uh, why are you running? Because you could be doing other things with your time. And it does seem like California and the Bay Area and Los Angeles are absolutely collapsing and losing, you know, uh, you know, fr- from from end to end here, losing companies, uh, losing great entrepreneurs, losing capital allocators, quality of life has plummeted. Housing prices have soared. The education system is totally in disarray. Homelessness slash addiction, and we'll get into that and double click on how we frame that issue. It's a disaster, and you want to go in here and try to be in charge. Why would you want to take on what to most of us would seem an insurmountable challenge?
3: Sure. Well, uh, the main reason is I'm completely heartbroken by the destruction of our state and by the humanitarian disaster that we call homelessness we're dealing with open-air drug markets, open-air drug scenes that are killing people. I just wrote a piece about how there's three times more homeless deaths in Los Angeles between 2020 and 2021 than in New York. The reason is that in New York, they they have sufficient homeless shelters and they make people sleep in them mm-hmm. rather than sleep outside. So, we're completely manage- mismanaging this. The school's student performance has gotten worse. We're in the fourth season of blackouts and water shortages. And we pay the highest taxes, the highest gasoline prices and the highest and the most for electricity of anybody in the continental United States. So we have the highest cost of living and the worst public services. It's a leadership problem. You know, it's we just don't have the leader, the political leadership to make the the I guess I would say tough decisions. I don't think that they're super complicated. Actually, it's simple things like raising educational standards, requiring, you know, shutting down the open air drug scenes having sufficient shelter in psychiatric hospitals and group homes for the sick, raising educational standards rather than lowering them, building power plants, water storage facilities, desalination plants. It's basically a pro-civilization agenda. This is just the basics of civilization. So it's in that spirit that Mark Andreessen wrote about during the beginning of the pandemic of build. Hmm. We need abundant housing, water, energy. We need functioning schools there's not a lot of magic here or shortcuts. It's just really buckling down and doing the common sense things we need to do.
0: And I guess that's the frustrating part for those of us who love the state of California and then the cities within it. It is such an amazing uh, place to live in so many different uh, dynamics. I mean, you can go skiing in Tahoe and surf in Malibu. You can uh, do everything in between we have the wine country and uh, you know, everything from san diego to los angeles to the central valley it's just a wonderful place uh, and i've been totally captivated and fallen in love with it as well um in in, in my uh, 30s and 40s and now i'm considering leaving and the thing that i wonder is if it's also obvious we need to build more housing we need to get out of the way when somebody like elon wants to build a factory and he said at the all-in summit You know that he would still be papering the applications for his uh texas gigafactory which i got to tour and he built that in uh, under 18 months and in 18 months in california would be an impossibility and so we have a hundred billion dollar surplus we we don't want for money but we yet have and people want to be here so with all of this obvious solutions i guess the question and and i think it's important to understand In each of these vectors, and we have a limited amount of time, obviously, but in each of these vectors, how did we become so ineffective? Let's start with housing. What is the dynamic that has made it impossible? We hear about NIMBY, we hear about YIMBY, of, you know, as concisely as possible. Why is this so screwed up? And then how do you fix it?
3: Sure. Sure. I mean, I think on housing, this is arguably the toughest issue. So it's great to dive in. I mean, we don't have we have abundant land, but we don't have abundant housing. And there's just basically it's an overregulated sector. We waive the main Environmental Quality Act, California Environmental Quality Act for building a stadium, but we won't waive it for building apartment units for our workers. We've allowed hyperlocal control to prevent that housing. It, also, the law is abused by a small group of labor unions I do believe a majority of Californians would like to see more housing. There needs to be sort of a consensus built. There's um, a need to kind of have a broader consensus in the society that we don't have. I will say, too, I think that the people that have the strongest interest in adding housing is the tech community. The problem is, is that there's very little loyalty to California from the the new capitalist entrepreneurial class. You know, so you have uh, effectively an aristocracy, a kind of landed feudal aristocracy holding on to older form of development, not wanting the new development. And then you've got an entrepreneurial class that's just not loyal to this place. They will move to Miami, they'll move to Austin, they'll move to other parts of the country. So, you know, Mm -hmm. usually when you had like the Rockefellers, Carnegie's and Mellon's, they would make their fortunes and they'd be rooted in a place and then they would fund the politicians and the others to uh usher in a kind of new form of development including you know upgrading the housing in the cities that's partly happened with me i've been supported it's now public um i've been supported by david Sachs and other uh people that are high tech successful high tech uh people in california but you know honestly uh there hasn't been there's not a machine in place i mean we're creating the political machine for a pro-abundance agenda And that hasn't existed until I ran.
0: Startups need a central hub to store information and collaborate on work more than ever, especially when you have remote teams. That's why you need to move to a right first culture. Any best practice, any project should be written down in one place we went fully remote back in March of 2020. And notion became our internal knowledge bank. Now we use it for external purposes, you can go to this slash checklist to check one of the many ways we're using it externally. We took our 100 point founder checklist, which we made for the podcast. And we made for our founders. And you know what we said? Why don't we share this with everybody? This is like a book for free on Notion and you can take it copy it to your Notion you can write notes on it and that's the magic of Notion they have great templates it puts everybody on the same platform and it just accelerates your efficiency when new people join your company they go to Notion and they see all the projects going on and they quickly get up to speed it's changed everything so here is your call to action go to notion.so and get addicted like the rest of us use the promo code twist you're gonna get 250 dollars off their annual plan notion.so and use the promo code twist during checkout for 250 dollars off thanks to the notion team for making a great product that we love and enjoy yeah i mean it seems like this is kind of from out of left field that you're you even exist as this kind of unicorn candidate who is socially liberal And maybe just wants to uh, get stuff done and isn't, you know, part of the far left agenda or the Trump far right agenda, you're the moderate, I think a lot of folks have been looking for Why should the technical class, the the capital allocators be loyal to the state when you have somebody like Gonzalez telling Elon, or saying F you Elon, and you're raising our taxes, and the regulations are absurd. And the politicians are blaming the billionaires and blaming the companies for causing all these problems. Why should we be loyal? When Mayor Suarez is saying, Hey, come here, we'll get we'll get out everything out of the way we want you here. When Abbott and other folks in Texas and Austin are saying, Hey, we want you here. If you want to build a factory, we're going to make it happen and get everything out of the way. Hey, you need housing, we're going to get housing built, and we're going to do it fast. Why should the people who are builders in the world be loyal to California if loyal if California politicians are outrightly hostile to our very existence.
3: Yeah, well, that's a good reason not to be, and I think that's why uh, technical, you know, tech entrepreneurs have been fleeing the state quite understandably. I I don't uh, blame them for it. The governor, you know, we basically you have the governor Newsom, but the others in the political elite. Take us for granted. I mean, Mm they, they, and they take you for granted. They make us pay the highest taxes, highest cost of living, and they don't deliver on basic public services. I mean, the disrespect, particularly shown to Elon Musk by, I guess, one of the, I don't know if she was the president of the Senate, but Lorena Gonzalez, of course, famously said F you to him on, on Twitter. Yeah. And he said message received. Obviously, I would be, I would, I would be calling up entrepreneurs trying to get them to come back. You know, look, I think the main reason that anybody is loyal to California is that we just think it's a spectacular state for all the reasons that you just gave. I mean, there's just no other state like it. I mean, I fell in love with California when I first visited as a boy. When I travel around the state now, I'm still I was just in Santa Monica, which is, you know, I've certainly been to Santa Monica, but I start to go into the neighborhoods and you're just like, oh, my gosh, it's like the most amazing place in the world. Yeah, I got to live there. So I think the reason to fight for California is because we love it. Yeah. There's no reason it can't be a great state. I don't think we'll ever be like Texas in allowing the kind of unregulated development that they have in Texas. But I don't think we have to be like Hawaii either. You mm-hmm. know, I think there's I think we want to be the Goldilocks principle here between Hawaii and and Texas. There is a lot of land. I mean, anybody that flies over to California you see there's plenty of land. Yeah, it's there's there's incredible. much room, more room for density in cities. What I'm proposing is a really simple idea called a citizens jury where you impanel several hundred a randomly selected representative sample of the electorate to deliberate in 12 town hall meetings across the state, 12 cities, 12 months, to deliberate and build consensus so that you can go back to the legislature with a housing, a mm. pro-housing abundance agenda. If the legislature rejects it, let's say January 2024, you then have time to put it on the ballot and put it up to voters. You know, we end up passing a lot of things on ballot initiatives in California, yeah. and I would do that with housing, education. And then energy slash water, since the two things are so related. Because ultimately, I think there is an ideological obstacle. I think there's sort of a public consensus obstacle. But as the governor of the state, you would have a lot of power to bring people together mm-hmm. and then decide if everybody just wants to be like Hawaii and not build any more houses. Then the public decides that that may be what it is. And then entrepreneurs can decide whether it's really worth staying in San Francisco and L.A. But or uh, moving well, that's to clearly Texas. not the
0: case here. I mean, the, the people in the state. Uh, overwhelmingly want to lower taxes they overwhelmingly want to build more housing they overwhelmingly want to address um you know the the fentanyl crises uh and the drug addiction crises which has been framed as homelessness so let's talk about that in san francisco we've watched and uh, my office used to be in the tenderloin and I, I had to move it because people were being stabbed outside of our office. And yeah. we watched over, you know, a five, six-year period um, that we went from two or 3,000 homeless people to, to what felt like 10,000 or so. I think the numbers show that. And it was distinctly different than, you know, what I experienced in New York City in the 80s and 90s of homelessness and the modest homelessness in Santa Monica I, I witnessed in Venice um you know in the 2005 2000 yeah 10 uh 2005 era it, it all of a sudden got very different it seems to have correlated with the super drug fentanyl um and it does seem to correlate as well with the non-ability to prosecute the dealers um and maybe hold people to a specific standard um you wrote an entire book on this but looking at it from the outside and uh, my basic research it seems like people who are horribly addicted to, to opioids and fentanyl have a very low chance of recovery, maybe 5%. So this is a, a basically uh, a problem of addiction that is not going to be solved in the overwhelming majority of cases. So what is a society to do? Well, I think we know what we can't do, which is make it actually profitable for dealers to be here. And make it profitable in some way for people around the country who are addicted to say the number one destination if you're addicted to these things is california because if you're living in one of these other states i mean if you're in the south if you're in texas and you're addicted to this you're going to be arrested and you're going to eventually wind up in jail for stealing or whatever it is tragically um but the cost of being uh, a dealer or addiction is high in some other states and it's zero here is that basically the, the core of the problem because i've read some of your tweets on the on the problem here how, how do you and you wrote a whole book on it but how do you frame it uh as a problem and the reality of it and then what is the, the specific tactics that need to occur
3: yeah yeah you basically have it right i mean the data is not great but we know that home the number of homeless people in california increased 31 percent, even as the number declined 18 percent in the rest of the united states over the last 10 years San Francisco saw a significant increase. Again, the counts aren't great, but somewhere between nine and 10,000 total homeless in San Francisco, probably five to 7,000 on the streets at any given time. We know 20,000 homeless people come through San Francisco every year for the open drug scene, which is, which is allowed. It did get worse after 2014, which is when we decriminalized up to three grams of hard drugs um, and also decriminalized shoplifting, $950 worth of goods. And you saw that arrests for shoplifting declined from around, arrests um, per reports declined from 60% in around 2014 to just 17% today. So there's uh, people's experience as reality. Of course, you also have two overlapping drug epidemics. One is the opioids, which is most people are most famous for. Of the 105,000 drug deaths last year, 71,000 were from fentanyl alone. But methamphetamine is also a big problem. So we find people smoking methamphetamine and uh, fentanyl. A lot of the psychosis you see, people taking off their clothes, people screaming. Some of that may be from underlying mental illness, but often it's just paranoid psychosis induced by long-term methan- uninterrupted methamphetamine use. Yeah, people used to be arrested and have to spend some time in jail where they would uh, uh, get off drugs for a period of time. You know, it's not rocket science. I mean, you have to shut down the open drug scene. You can't let people sleep outside. You don't have to go to shelter, but you can sleep outside. You can go somewhere else. We need to detox the people as an alternative to jail and prison. Americans were very libertarian, so we're uncomfortable diagnosing people and being like, you need to go get treatment just because you're an addict or you need to go to psychiatric hospital just because you're mentally ill. So breaking the law tends to be the thing that gets people into the help they need, it's which the is the why you need to is what enforce you're laws. You know, we what's that? We, it's the backstop. You know, and in, in yes, of,
0: because we believe in America, and it's one of the beautiful things about America is personal freedom. You have a choice. Yeah. A person who is addicted to these super drugs, and let's face it, these are unlike. You know, a lot of the drugs we're considering uh, decriminalizing or legalizing. I mean, some, in fact, may have properties uh, that they're studying at Stanford and John Hopkins, MDMA, psilocybin, LSD, you know, ketamine. I mean, the science behind these things actually helping people in a proper context with therapists is extraordinary. So we are specifically talking about two super drugs here. 71% of the of the deaths are coming from fentanyl and then some amount from methamphetamine right but every addict you'll speak to and and this is where the data is irrefutable the addicts who do recover say that consequences of their yeah. behavior became the impetit- the the impetus for them to then change their life and and this is where you know bringing up tough love making a decision for somebody who's incapable of making the decision for themselves It's very hard for americans and 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 in a way it's a beautiful intent that we want to help people and we want them to make their own decision but it might also be unrealistic in the super drug category and any family who's dealt with addiction you know the richest families in the world with kids on oxy or you know brothers and sisters it's incredibly tragic they could be on high price drugs low price drugs they could be functional or they could be on the street but the fact is the consequences eventually are the backstop in america and we have removed the backstop by saying, hey, if you steal, if you break into somebody's home, if you break into their car, if you're on the street, if you're naked running down the middle of the street, endangering yourself, um, or, you're, or you're selling these super drugs, we, we basically took out the backstop. And now we're getting a surge in the amount of people who are suffering. All around the world, tech companies are innovating and driving returns for investors, and our crowd is an investment platform that analyzes many of these companies across the global private market. Then they select the startups with the greatest growth potential and they bring them to you. From personalized medicine, to cybersecurity, to robotics, and quantum computing, and so much more. In state-of-the-art labs, startup garages, and anywhere in between our crowd identifies innovators so you can invest when growth potential is greatest and that's early our crowds accredited investors have already invested over 1 billion dollars in growing tech companies and many of their members have benefited from their 46 ipos or exits and let me tell you something investing early is what it's all about that's how i made my career and if you're interested in angel investing investing early is critical so now you can truly diversify your portfolio by investing early in innovative private market companies at our crowd. Join the fastest growing venture capital investment community by going to rcrowd.com twist. That's right. ourcrow dot slash twist. So in fact, in your research, has this compassion with great intent induced and worsened the problem? It's, it's hard to say that, you know, good intent, but we, we do have that phrase, like the road to hell is, you know, paved in good intent, right? Like, is, is that what's actually happened here?
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's the removal of all consequences um, from people who break the law um, if we des- designate them as victims and everybody that's an addict or mentally ill is designated as a victim. And you're absolutely right. I mean, it's very hard to quit drugs in general, but you almost can't quit them if, if you're just being constantly enabled to use the drugs. I do meet people that recover and um, yeah, they almost all have to go to jail or prison or have some threat of jail and prison hung over them. You know, it helps to shut down the open drug scenes because then it's harder to get the drugs. People have to spend more time finding them. You also can make detox and rehab available. But with the basic ingredients of dope, you know, it's dopamine dysregulation. So we Mm -hmm. know how to regulate that for folks. I mean, everybody needs, they need exercise, they need jobs, they need meaning, they need purpose. I'm fine with the opioid replacement therapies. As you mentioned, there may be other psychedelic uh, uh, trials that we could do. One of the big ideas that I'm promoting is that we need a statewide psychiatric Mm. and addiction care system. Right now, we have a county-based system. So, you have 58 counties offering duplicative services. But then, basically, LA and San Francisco, because they're so liberal and they have the open drug scenes, are overwhelmed. The public health departments Mm. are overwhelmed. Plus, if you want to get somebody rehab, you don't want them to be near the open drug scene. You want them to be in yes. the Central Valley or in the mountains. So, California, you know, we do we're we are a wealthy state. We do have the potential to create a much more European style rehab program, where you have like you know job creation, you have job training. People can go work for Cal Fire. They could go work for Cal Psych after they achieve recovery. That would also be a place to be to do some of the more experimental treatments. Um, you know, there's, there's psychedelics, but there's also, you know, cold baths. There's heavy exercise. There's all sorts of things that are being experimented. There's medical treatments. So there's no reason we can't solve this. Definitely there's some people that are never going to recover. But I think that what we've done in what we've ba- basically what we're doing is we're just giving up on people. And so there's a lot of pessimism, addiction pessimism, basically consigning people that are in their twenties who have lost control because of addiction. But we're basically consigning them to palliative care, a life Mm. of chronic drug use and probably an early death. Yeah. I think it's inhumane. I think it's inconsistent with California's commitment to human potential, the positive psychology movement. So much of what we love about California is that this was a place where people, we moved away from all that kind of really negative Freudian, backward looking psychology to a positive future you know, human potential Optimism. psychology, yeah. optimistic yeah. psychology. Yeah. So that's, I think, what the potential is here. That's why I think that's, that's part of the inspiration for me was we can take this situation of chaos and you find an alliance between people who, whose families are directly impacted by addiction and mental illness with people whose you know, the business leaders, the tech workers, the people who are directly impacted by the homeless crisis to come up with a better plan. In the families themselves, you talk, you, I know you spoke to families
0: of addicts. Um, and people suffering in the Tenderloin, specifically here in San Francisco, they overwhelmingly would like to see their own uh, family members arrested and the consequence, of course. And so when we look at this, you know, and it's very, it's a very hard discussion for people to have. But imagine you're at the family of the son or the daughter who's in the Tenderloin and you have been so broken and crushed. That you literally want your own brother, sister, son, daughter, mother, father, cousin, uncle, brother, whatever, to be arrested. Because not being arrested, being in a jail, as horrible as that is, the family members would literally rather see their family member put in jail for some number of months or a year in order to sober up and in order to possibly get on the recovery path than remain on the street. Yet we have a group of individuals. I guess some cynical people believe are profiting from this. We talk about the industrial homeless complex here in San Francisco. There are hundreds of millions of dollars. I've heard people say a billion dollars, where people are, let's face it, profiting uh, in some way. Now, their intent could be good. They could believe they're doing the right thing. They could be, you know, in the short term, removing suffering. Uh, And all that can still be true. But the fact is, I think the families and what they would like to see happen. With their family member trumps what you know what people would frame as the bleeding heart you know or very far left very permissive uh group of people running these um in, in many cases for-profit or very profitable homeless uh organizations are getting am i too yeah, cynical right. am i
3: framing there or am i yeah no totally that? i mean of course i mean if your child or your brother or your parent were on the street, if I were on the street out of control because of addiction or mental illness, I would want to be arrested and mandated treatment. Of course you would, because otherwise mm-hmm. you could die. You know, close to 100% of the women are being sexually assaulted. It's, yeah, yeah. it's really people prey on each other on the streets. This is not a safe yeah. environment. So we have this. The issue has been I mean, the manipulation of people's minds has been around one flew over the cuckoo's nest. People mm-hmm. don't want to be involuntarily hospitalized. But like I said, the, the easy way to solve that is that we're not going to um, be involuntarily hospitalizing people who aren't breaking laws. You can still have a choice. If you'd rather if you break the law um, and you'd rather go to jail, that's fine. But if you'd rather accept uh, mandatory psychiatric or addiction care, that should be the option Well, we hmm. removed that option. This is, um, you know, it's interesting when you interview people in Europe, they often say, you know, we don't criminalize addiction. If you want to be a drug addict in the privacy of your own home, not breaking any of the laws, I think most of us are fine with that. I think it's terrible, but I think we should stigmatize it socially, but I don't think it should be a priority for law enforcement. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the new that's the social contract, so to speak, is that. You know, you can there's a lot of we give a lot of freedom for people to use drugs in California, but you can't be breaking the law. If the drug use has gotten out of control, they're breaking laws. Then you should be given the option of jail or some mandatory treatment. Yeah,
0: I, it's I think we've run an experiment that has run its course. And yes. if you were to look at that experiment, the, the result is life on the street uh, and this open air uh, drug market leads to super drugs. Which are distinctly different than the drugs that people may have recreationally used at Berkeley themselves or any number of right. places. And, and it's a different class of drug. And until you can have a really adult discussion that fentanyl and meth is different than mushrooms and weed. Yeah. You, you, you cannot paint these things with the same brush. And then the horror of living in the tenderloin is objectively worse than going to prison or going to treatment and in fact if you were to rank them by people who've been to all three they would tell you living that life on the street is horrific going to jail is horrific and going to treatment is challenging and hard but you know was the thing that ultimately got them productive in society why are you qualified for this job what makes you qualified uh to to execute on this plan which seems uh by all observations by people listening in the audience or when we discuss this and, and with the group you seem to have picked a very pragmatic, logical platform here that is right down the middle. Okay, great. We all agree. It's a, it's a solid platform. Why can you be the person to execute on this? Why should we vote for you in the, in the primary here?
3: Yeah, it's a good question. It's a funny question because, um, it, it feels like, uh, when I, when I first started thinking about the job, I remember looking at it being like, yeah, I could do that job. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that either can yeah. sound. If you don't think I'm qualified, that that'll sound arrogant. If if I sound qualified, then maybe reassuring. Yeah, but it always felt like a job that I could do. It's these are issues I understand. I really care about the state. You know, I've done a book now on the crime, drug, and homeless crisis. I've done another book on energy and the environment. I've I pay a lot of attention to things like healthcare systems, education. My whole family are policy wonks. These, are, these problems all seem manageable to me. You know, I've traveled to Europe and see how they dealt with it there. I've looked at how Florida has handled its um, school choice, which is a system I care, I believe in, that parents should have greater choice where their kids go to school. And, you know, I'm uh, on the one hand, I'm a very open person. I want to I build agreement among people that have differences. I'm very, I'm, I'm 50 years old. I came from the radical left and I'm just much more moderate and open-minded to different perspectives. But I'm also, I think, disagree. I think you say I'm a disagreeable person in other ways. Um, (laughs) there's certain things where there's certain things that I'm really firm on. Like, I think we need to have a statewide psychiatric and addiction care system. I'm, I'm very convinced and, and make the argument that we can't solve this at the county level. Mm. But on other things, like how exactly would school choice work? Would it be public schools or would it also include private schools? You know, um, would people be allowed to be in in trials for psychedelic drug use if they're in rehab? I'm open to that. Um, I'm open to housing. Like, how do we get it built? Where is it built? Ultimately, that has to be a decision made by the people. So I think I've got some of the discernment here to be like, and I think I understand California as well enough. I mean, it's just this issue we were describing. There's people that are mental health advocates. And, and also be Europeans, which they, they would really like to see people with serious mental illness like schizophrenia just be mandated medicine and mm-hmm. mandated treatment. I think if, if all else were being equal, I agree. Like my aunt had schizophrenia. She did well in a group home, but I also know Californians well enough. I think that I think that there's just enough libertarianism and squeamishness around requiring psychiatric care for people that haven't broken any other laws and so my view has been let's start with dealing with the folks that are on the streets suffering from mental illness and causing causing problems similarly with drug addiction i don't want to criminalize addiction nobody should have to go to jail or prison just because they're an addict nobody should have to accept shelter but you can't sleep on the streets yeah so you know there's you know you can't have break to be the able law. to hold these these things that are seemingly
0: inconsistent, but in your head at the same time because it is a complex yes. problem. You can't yeah, some... you can't stay on the street. Yes. you can be addicted, but you can't be addicted on the street. You can't commit yep. crime. If you do go to jail, it's going to be because you stab somebody or you rob somebody's home, not because of the addiction, but the addiction may have caused you to do that because yes. you needed money to service the addiction. So. This is a very adult, you know, you have to be able to make a couple of logic jumps here. Yes. Um, we're criminalizing
3: well. we're criminalizing behavior, not health status. Right. So you might be sick, but we're not going to criminalize that. But if your yeah. sickness leads you to break laws, then we're going to make treatment, whether that's rehab or psychiatric care, the alternative to incarceration because that's obviously the most humane thing to do. So My latest is that when people sort of ask me what my identity is, you know, I say I'm a liberal in my compassion for the vulnerable. I'm a libertarian in my passion for freedom. And I'm a conservative in that I believe you need civilization for both. People ask me, well, how do you balance that? Well, that's it. It just kind of goes, we're not going to criminalize addiction or mental illness, but we are going to, we are going to criminalize public camping, defecating on the streets, public drug use, public drug dealing, both because you can't have a city without enforcing those laws right but also enforcing those laws are what ultimately are the ways that we in america and i think it's different in this in europe but that's how we in america are going to get people the help they need listen uh i am super supportive of what you're doing and in fact i am voting for you so, so thank you people Jason, should make their own that.
0: choice Um, uh, but the reason i'm voting for you here in this primary is because i think gavin newsom has done a horrible job i think that his uh you know if you're proven ineffective you had your shot you were ineffective things got worse under your watch and you're not focused on the right things therefore i would like to see you debate him just that for me get you the vote now if you do a great job debating him and we can and you can build a you know this platform uh, all the better and uh it would be great to see some change here i've been a lifelong i've voted lifelong democrat but like you i am conservative on some concept i guess i'm conservative on some concepts like gosh you know i'd like to balance the budget i don't know if that's conservative or liberal today since they all spend so much money but i would like to see us be fiscally responsible i don't know where that puts me in terms of party allegiance i would like to see reasonable policing but i don't want mass incarceration again don't know which party i'm in (laughs) it's hard to tell but i just love the idea of an independent candidate and i love the idea of an independent candidate who's got you know who's done the research and, uh, who takes a shot and who's doing it because they're motivated to see the world get better and because they love the, 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 the city or state they're living in. So I applaud you. Uh, I don't know you that well, but I'm, I'm increasingly, um, you know, interested in seeing you succeed because we do need to have more people run for office and we intent matters. And I think y- your approach to it matters, which is, Hey, let's just do the research. Let's find a solution and let's execute on it. like you said, it's not rocket science. If we don't have enough homes, we're going to need to build more. And if we want to have less people addicted to drugs, uh, especially the super drugs, that's the way I look at it. If we want them non addicted to super drugs, we're going to have to say super drugs are not allowed and enforce that existing law. Again, not rocket science people. Uh, Michael Schellenberg is running for governor. You have your ballots. You can vote for him in the primary. And let's see him come in second and debate Gavin Newsom. I love it. I want to Appreciate see that it. debate. Thanks, Jason. Yeah, I want to, I, I, when, when you do the debate prep. I want to come. I want to come here that debate <laughs> prep, and I'm good with some one-liners. I, I, it would be very cool if I could get a one-liner in there that made its way into the debate. You know, I could punch up maybe some
3: one-liners for you. <laughs> Appreciate that. Well, let's yeah. get through the primary tomorrow, and hopefully yeah. that'll happen.
0: Everybody, go vote in California, please, and uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how you do, Michael, and
3: uh, best of luck to you. Thanks so much, Jason. Appreciate okay. being here. Cheers. This
0: Week in Startups is supported by First Republic Bank. A seamless banking experience is something we all want. But what does it really mean? At First Republic, it means you have access to your own personal banker, someone who knows your name and is there for you when you need them. So whether you're browsing their full suite of services, or you just have questions about your bank statement, you can reach out to your personal banker by phone or email and through their secure banking app. Ashley, a managing director on my team, has worked with First Republic on one of our fund accounts for almost four years, and she loves their customer service and support. See what a difference an always on seamless banking experience can make for you. Visit firstrepublic.com today to learn more. That's firstrepublic.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Hey, Molly, welcome. Well, hello. Hello, how are you?
1: Little bonus, BC school.
0: Well, we were waiting for you. I know that you had a sitch. You had a sitch and uh, you had never to Never get pets,
1: people. Never get pets.
0: Oh, no. Yeah. The worst nightmare for any dog owner happens this weekend? hmm mm-hmm. oh, Last night. I mean, no,
1: no. It yeah. happened last night at 1030. Oh, great. It Always ended great when you got
0: to go to bed and get one, your-
1: one. Ended around one after oh, multiple no. baths. And yeah, no, no, totally. So, no, no Cinderella happens,
0: sleep? Uh-oh. No Cinderella Cinderella sleep. didn't get her sleep. No. I love the Cinderella Just going to be comment. a surprise.
1: <laughs> what do i need to clean up today just it is, is it, uh,
0: this is like the light i was talking to some moms about life uh and uh it's like the life of a mom and it's like it just never ends nonstop. a single mom even harder right like you got, yes. yes well that yeah single mom breadwinner
1: homeowner it's like all on you I am really not smart. It's what I'm thinking. Like what I'm realizing is like, I'm not smart. Like I could have made a lot more choices to make my life easier, such as not have two dogs or or, like, couldn't I have bought like a nice like condo with no freaking wildlife? That would have been smart.
0: Yeah. Um, Here's what I'd say. Uh, you're, you're not smart you're brilliant uh, but that's only from <laughs> working with you uh, oh thanks you partner I needed that but, uh, <laughs> you know even brilliant people <laughs> can make inadvisable <sighs> decisions at
1: times we do, not, we do not always make our lives easier let's just put it that way
0: well you know what smart people I have a theory uh, will mm-hmm. increasingly make their lives more complex because they're good at solving problems so it's like well yeah. two dogs what could be the worst thing that could happen and it's like yeah, I don't know great. the night before a big week a skunk attacks your dog and you've got to give them 17 baths and they still smell terrible and you're exhausted. But anyway, you're here. That's I'm all here. that matters. I'm here. Uh, we we got, got a lot this. of news to go through. So we got this. We got this. Hey, good game yesterday, huh? Warriors yeah. bounced back
1: quite nicely. Right? Maybe I'm the, pr- the curse here. Oh, no, no. It was sacks. Sacks in the front row. Oh, yeah. That'll do it with that dour, That dour energy. just.
0: <laughs> well, absolutely. That Asperger's energy just kills just the game.
1: looking at him like.
0: <laughs> He's so sad. And then
2: they removed from the front
0: row and they put J cal in the front row mm-hmm. and what happens boom boom we crushed them we
1: destroyed this gorgeous, them. gorgeous. Uh, everybody showed up pool party yeah, clay pool was party. back draymond draymond mixing it up
0: yeah include this Getting in the, the show by the way this will be a warm for up for tea. the show um yeah uncalled for tea but uh it was it was great I, was I literally great. get into my front row seat that uh a friend of mine got me, uh, which was quite nice. Uh, thank you to my friend. Um, I didn't ask for his permission to say online, on the air, so yeah. I didn't say. Um, and I sit down. And whose seats am I next to? <laughs> Cheryl Sandberg.
1: I saw your picture. I, I was like, shut the front door. <laughs> with this, like, Cheryl's like, out. This freaking guy. Cheryl and I are drinking. We're you're cheering. You're like, what are we working on now?
0: Well, I was like, don't get another job. I told her, I was like, you know, you're going to get a lot of job offers take a year mm-hmm. off because there's not that many years left and you know you've worked it. really hard um and i, I won't talk about our conversation but it was quite fun because uh, we've got a great history together um we had a real long talk for three
1: hours it was fun that's um, so great so you were and you were like fun. under the basket
0: i was yeah tell me tell the, me
1: about this placement compared to you know bench yeah. so under the um,
0: basket the seats we were in the second row center court are better in that you can see the action on both sides of court the seats at the baseline are better because you can see the are better I, I, than the half court if you for half the game because you're right. closer to the action you see this action around the basket so i mean which is say <laughs> you're like literally if i took three steps i would be under the basket which means like ev- all that action under the basket is just happening then i'm was you know uh, i guess they call that kitty corner to uh you know the the bench and Draymond was getting into it with Williams and then I started getting into it with Williams and then Draymond and I were laughing at Williams <laughs> oh, and I was telling you Williams you have no rings he's got all the rings and then Draymond said to me well, that guy's a fan he's a fan I was like you want an autograph I'll get you an autograph from Draymond so Draymond and I are standing up with the only two guys standing up yelling oh at god. the Celtics
4: and I I'm like oh my it. god
0: I'm gonna he's not gonna get thrown out of the game I'm gonna get thrown out of the game so exactly. I'm gonna sit down but the whole audience starts getting into it and it was a whole of craziness uh, but it was a good time and congratulations to my pal Draymond who just absolutely was you know he's just that X factor in the
1: game when he does so that great. when he just shows up just a little bit different it's everything it's the complete it's yeah. a complete change in approach and you could see the like hmm. fired upness of the rest of the team Oh yes like oh, you could yes. really see it I mean he just to see the... Jordan Poole show up like that in the third and fourth yeah. quarter was just a whoa, delight I love that, those like, young kids
0: court shot Yeah
1: it's like it's ah, snap was I, like whoa <laughs>
0: I mean, the roof almost came off the building. So I bet. it was I bet. absolutely awesome. Great, go Dubs! And uh, I'm sticking with my Warriors and six. Yeah, I think the Celtics are an incredible team. Um, other people are thinking this is going to be what they call a gentleman's sweep, um, which is you, the other team gets to win one game and they save face a little bit. Um, I'm still going Celtics and six. I think this is a Warriors, very serious Warriors and six. Warriors and six. Yeah uh celtics win two games um celtics are no joke um and i got to hang out with bill simmons finally so i was in the oh yeah you know the vip area and uh i saw bill simmons and we had a nice podcasting talk and uh i saw uh chad hurley um professional poster on twitter former founder of (laughs) or, or still co founder of youtube so we had a nice conversation he wants to come on the pod i saw brian from airbnb so Again, a who's who of uh, Great. Silicon Valley and celebrities and a win, which is all that matters,
1: really. That's all that matters. How many of those Silicon Valley guys? Because I saw this, I, I saw, I think, a Twitter thread to the effect that, like, you know, now going to Game and Chase is just so it's like a bunch of Silicon Valley guys who don't know anything about basketball. Not true. Um, I don't know that that's entirely true. No, I think there are some people like some of that who, you know,
0: are just showing up because it's the finals. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's not a dictus act. Does he not like basketball? No, he had courtside seats to the Warriors for a couple oh. of seasons, but he didn't he rarely went to Oakland because it was a you know, it's a challenge to get out to Oakland as you know, if you're in the city or you're in the peninsula it was like a 2-hour mission. Uh, yeah, no, he's not like the, the most sophisticated basketball fan. Um, but you know, other people are there every game, you know, and, and they are super into it. Yeah. Um, and it's a great culture, I have to say out here because I think a lot of the culture of the Warriors team And how well they play together, how well they're coached, how well the team is managed, um, and and the longevity of this, you know, um, this trio, Clay, Steph, and Draymond, is something you don't see in the NBA all that much now. So, that is super attractive, and I think a lot of folks who are in Silicon Valley think about building teams, and to have the most well-constructed, disciplined team to be our team, Hmm. you know, um, Mm -hmm. I think it resonates with people um and so I, I think it's like a mutual respect uh, you have raymond steph and clay who are just world-class you have steve kerr who's world-class and then this other cast of characters mm-hmm. uh that have been you know the supporting cast from bogut to david
1: lee uh andre iguodala kevin i mean DeRay. to have iguodala come back i think is such a big you know sweet. like such yeah. a great vote of confidence yeah love it yeah it's all great it. so uh, but a We lot should of probably news fly to happening. Boston.
0: All right, let's talk about time. I know we probably should fly to Boston. Uh, yeah, I just got to keep working. We got to keep working. I got a lot of deal memos I got to get out this week yeah. for the syndicate. I'm behind on my deal memos. I you know plan. where
1: you can get a lot of work done, turns out, is oh, a, on a plane, cross-country flight. On the just saying. Wow, <laughs>
4: look at Molly. Just, Focus you've time. Full, you've got full VC now.
0: <laughs> somebody tweeted like, Just VCs. enabling. Oh my God, somebody <laughs> tweeted uh, this great tweet there. It might have been VC Braggs on Twitter and mm. they were like, vcs be like cut your staff do layoffs belt tightening lower valuations and meanwhile sitting courtside or coming from grand prix of miami to sit courtside for the warriors and i just responded with who me you were like (laughs) no comment it was the who me uh um, the who me with um from carmelo anthony when they asked him if he would ever consider playing on the bench and he was on the thing and he said who me me (laughs) (laughs) it was a classic but listen Let's get into the news. Right, There's let's a lot of news, let's and it. it looks like some news broke. And we can do a live reaction here. Apple had its uh, is right now uh, as yeah, we speak, as we're, we're talking, mm-hmm. as we're talking. The Worldwide Developer Conference is going on, and it's just being teed up right now. Uh, and so maybe we could, uh, Molly, you could set us up here about what's going on over there, and then we could watch a video and live react to it because we don't know. This is notes that came in <gasps> while we were on air. Surprise! So this is live reaction. Like a, so, like a CNN kind of report.
1: I've just really been waiting for there to be a big breaking news alert that's like <laughs> Apple announces it hears you about the Bluetooth thing and is fixing it. So far, I have not gotten that breaking news alert. Yeah, Had it no. been a notification while I was in the car taking my kid to work, uh, I wouldn't have received it because Bluetooth doesn't work in my car anymore. Bluetooth gate continues. Bluetooth gate goes on. However, uh, However. Apple has announced, it, but enough about me. Uh, Apple has announced a bunch of new iOS 16 mm-hmm. features, uh, you can <laughs> now customize the theme colors and layout of your lock screen. Sometimes I get to the point where I'm like describing these Apple events and I'm like, we're still doing this. We really yeah. are. Yeah, we're really yeah, I mean, talking it. about customized yeah. lock screen sure. widgets. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um some slightly cooler things. You can, the kids these days all use iMessage as their social network. It is the group yes. chat of choice. And Apple seems to have realized that, which is cool. They're now bringing a share play API to uh-huh. iMessages, which means you can actually watch videos live together, Ooh. which is cool. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Like a watch party. Uh, like that's a watch incredible. party. And you know, how, I mean, they're always sharing like a YouTube video and you got to watch it and then tell people what you thought or like hey, play at the same time. I think that's actually like that's As, a great feature because people have been saying for years that mm. iMessage could be a social network i mean it really could be like a privacy yeah. first you know non-public social network and that's how people use it with group chat so this is actually i think yeah. you don't want to be the cool. green
0: you don't want to be the gr- what is it the green is the you, you don't know, want to be people. the green bubble in the group oh man i am I not really for the green bubbles i told my 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 teams no more it's <laughs> stay on the green bubbles i am not uh paying for i'm not reimbursing green bubbles it's like if you're going to be in the vc <laughs> land you got to have an iphone
1: and i mean and i know they're never going to but just no they will please hurry up and re- like they need to release iMessage as it's not going to happen and this it's never going mean, to happen this is the why would thing.
0: it because it sells they, iphone's it sells iphone's like the i tried to move to android and i was i was parallel i was doing a parallel thing and i was like okay I'm going to get off this iOS and I'm going to go full Google stack. And I tried and I was using Chrome a whole bunch and it was iMessage that kept me. So they know that's what's keeping me. Absolutely. And I looked into all these third party tools of like how to get iMessage on your Windows desktop. And like they're like, well, you can set up an iMac and then do like a remote thing and pop it up in a window. And I'm like, so I buy a second, take an old second computer and I'm. You know, and like use it as just into
1: an iMessages terminal?
0: As a terminal that I'm opening up in a second window, like, you know, doing a remote thing. And I was like, Oh, God, this is so complex. Can yep. Apple please just let the world use this? And it, they would take over. But I, the profits from the iPhone are worth more. So uh, that's, the sun. That anyway, that's the Anyway, let's sun watch in their this. Universe. Uh, here's a 72 minute. Here's a 72 second clip.
4: Yeah, we'll talk to you on the other side. And now we're adding three of the most highly requested features to messages. First, have you ever sent a message only to immediately realize you didn't quite say what you intended? Well, no worries, because now you can edit any message you just sent. So embarrassing typos can be a thing of the past. you believe in miracles? Yes, unbelievable. Second, have you ever wished you'd never sent that message at all? Nice. Well, good news. Now you have Undo Send, so you can immediately recall a recent misfire. Thank you. And finally, you can mark any thread as unread. God damn a perfect it. tool if you don't have time to respond in the moment and want to be sure to come back to a message oh, later. Oh, wow. Unread. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: Did we do this?
0: <laughs> like we just got punked by our own producers <laughs> we
1: just got punked by our own producers i, I was like wait a minute that was the actual apple i don't like that would be hilarious if they God, did God, that but they did that was us that they was didn't. holy cow bravo producer nick shut but also, the front though, door accurate because it, i mean right this is the kind of like i'm so hyped right now usability awesome yeah. sauce okay it hold just on three things we just it. saw
0: number one you can edit a message for a typo auto correct You can take ducking and make it the right word, the right word. Thank you for saving me. (laughs) Number two, you could take that back. If you said something, I'm not saying I've said something to a spouse or a friend (laughs) that I immediately after hitting the send button was like, oops, oops, or just wrong you,
1: thread. Like wrong or thread or wrong happens thread. all the time. Like Quick the simplest version is just wrong thread. You're like, ah, crap, oh, that was wow. not for you. That was for my husband. Or, you know, I get that and from like my girlfriend, Christine, all the time. And it's always like, what are we having for dinner? Da da da. And she's like, dang it. I'm like, because our names start with M, right. Both of them. So now,
0: and then also you have uh, Mark as unread. The simple mm-hmm. email feature, which allows you, instead of saying, remind me of this. It's like, okay, I'm going to keep it unread. So I know to reply to it um of those three take a moment here molly which one is the most awesome for you <laughs>
2: like Most awesome people. for you
0: so this has a lot to do with you molly and your personality type.
1: what yeah. do you if you could only have one which one would you own i mean it's so terrible because like i feel F like Mary you, kill here, you already so just, know what a like a control freak i am like i can't live with a typo I can't. For me, it's the typo. It's, it's hundred percent the typo. Yes,
0: I don't send messages I want to recall very often. No, um sometimes number I do two forget is, things. The typo is
1: very close to the mark as unread, though, because w- the worst thing in the world for any interaction is yes. when someone sees that you've read their message, but mm-hmm. you haven't answered. Yes. So if you can mark it as unread, and it doesn't show up as read to them. Then they're like, mm. oh, she hasn't seen it yet. It's okay. She's not ignoring me. As opposed to it Correct. shows up as red and she knows. And and yes, by the way, chat. Um, yeah, of course, all this stuff came from WhatsApp. Yeah, of That's course. That's what everybody does now.
0: Like, well, I mean, it's specifically Apple. They're like, go ahead.
1: Specifically Apple.
0: Have they're always like, it. make whatever features you want. Mine now. And two years later, now. three years later, we'll add it.
1: You know, yeah, when, when, totally. when we're, yeah. we just Like we, we dunk we... on Zuckerberg a lot for stealing everybody's stuff. But let's be yeah. real. Apple pioneered this model. <laughs> Well, Apple does it. They bring you this thing and they're
0: like delay. And I think their time delay is intentional, Molly. I This is my theory. They want to let their app developers exploit all these new features, test them. That's their R&D department. Mm -hmm. And then when those, but but you don't want to piss them off. So what Zuck does is, oh, you came out with spaces. Oh, you came out with stories. Oh, you came out with ephemeral messages, lenses. I am in a race to get that onto our platform in a shorter period of time. Because he doesn't have an app store. So why does he care if he upsets Evan Spiegel, our friend from the Warriors game? Uh, Why does he care? He doesn't care. Yeah. But Apple does have an issue. So if they were to steal these features, the people in the app store would be like, that's not fair. Mm -hmm. And then you would have this vibe like Amazon started getting. Hey, you're studying our data. You know, we're getting downloaded a lot. And then you made an Amazon basics. So Apple is brilliant. These features, as somebody pointed out, have been out for what, five years in different messaging
1: platforms? Totally. Three to so five So they I'd had say? plenty of head start. It's literally they less, gave them such a good. Head start,
0: exploit it. We're not going anywhere. We own that's the platform. Such a so
1: good go for observation it. that they yeah. basically are like, we'll give you this head start. We'll make sure that our, our own users are like clamoring for this so that by the time they get it, they're just like, Apple is our God, line up for more. And then they could say, look, in the interest of fairness, you had five years to build an audience and you just didn't.
0: Well, I mean, based on the yeah. supercut, our genius, uh, Very genius producers uh, who are being very well managed. I will say by very management's well. doing a very good job here. <laughs> I I I think that this is a direct result of, of depth management by me, but they have more time uh, allocated to do creative things. So that was a very creative thing to do. So shout out to Nick who that I was adorable. Is the I culprit it. here. I what's it. great about what Nick just did with this video is that video um, just perfectly encapsulates this. Theory I have, which is they wait three, four, or five years, and then people forget about the feature, mm-hmm. and then when you get it, you're like, "Oh my god, it's a new feature again! It's amazing! Oh my god, I mean, it's it amazing! Really, you can edit it. it's like, but you can do that it's in these really other
1: yeah. like being. It's like being in a cult where they come along and they're like, "Now you can have yes hamburgers," and yes. you're like, oh, oh "I was about to god, say it's a
0: cheeseburger <laughs> They're like, "And now is our new innovation. It's six ounces of ground beef between." Two pieces of bread with cheese.
1: We think we you're going to love you it. The cheeseburger. And be we like, know, oh my God, a cheeseburger. In burger. classic Apple star- style, they would start with a hamburger. And then two years yeah. later, they'd add cheese. And you'd be like, oh my God. And they charge
0: you extra for the cheese. <laughs> they if you extra want it with your cheeseburger, you can pay $199 for the cheeseburger stand. <laughs> we we exactly. just cheese. you want uh, exactly. to spend another $99, we'll put it in a box. <laughs> um, you get, well, this we get them. This is interesting.
1: Um, Okay, so what else? So that's the iMessages stuff. There's the lock screen thing, which like, yay, whatever. Customize your phone. Um, People love that stuff. Apple also announced, this is big, coming for uh, the buy now pay later space, which has had some issues later. Uh, Some issues. Apple announced Apple pay later. (laughs) APL? APL. They're putting out an APL. They're putting out an APL so that you can use your, uh, which is is interesting because as we've discussed, like that's how a lot of people are using their apple card and by a lot of people i mean like me like when i buy any apple products i am respectively using apple pay later but now they're rolling it out for i guess buying other items with apple pay too you can sort of buy now pay later with it all
0: right there's no video for it it's it's not explained uh but uh, obviously it's very basic i don't we don't know yet if the, we know they were doing this for apple products but how this integrates into other commerce experiences i guess is an unknown Mm-hmm. But I guess if somebody signs up for this and you use Apple Pay, and I'm increasingly using Apple Pay because of its simplicity, and mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tell you something, Apple Pay on your watch is next level. So I was using a, um, I had a very frustrating moment. I was indignant, in fact. I was using me, I, I parked by the ferry building and had to use a parking meter. Mm. And it said you could NFC this, you use your watch, and it didn't work. And I was outraged. because when i went to get my blue bottle coffee i was able to beep beep ding pay for it yeah and then you know i went to i was doing another experience uh recently i'm trying to remember what it was but it was another food experience where i was ordering from a kiosk it was in the airport and i paid with my apple watch and it's so delightful to not take out your phone or your wallet and just pretty awesome watch it's great now, what if I could say I buy this blue bottle coffee and listen? It's not cheap, Molly. This is like six bucks. Well, I could pay
1: later. It's eight now with inflation.
0: If if I could do that, six dollars, I could pay. I could pay later. I could do four easy payments of a dollar fifty over the next four months with no interest. No interest. Yeah. Oh my lord! I would only be paying a dollar fifty for that coffee in some. And way.
1: they show the. I just dropped this in the in the chat. If you can, if we can pull it up because there's a good screenshot of how it would look. So you would have this option: pay in full, or you uh-huh. just do a little slider, pay later, and then it's like, oh, okay, forty six twenty seven every two weeks for payments, uh, and it shows you in two weeks, in four weeks, and six weeks how much it is. No interest, total cost. I mean, to be honest, it's like way more transparent than the Other buy now people's. pay later options now yes what i do think is interesting and a thing that drives me absolutely insane about uh apple pay is mm-hmm. that it looks like you have to use your card your apple card huh i don't so know if that's true interested. i mean no, it just no, says i think it
0: would do apple pay because i fill up like five well i shouldn't say that somebody's still my phone but i put five grand on my apple pay like at the start of the year right so you could do it with whatever probably so oh use that's apple smart pay. i want to do that have the card set up to auto pay. So I will use my card from time to time, but I'm just always using Apple Pay for everything. And it's just so delightful. So um, it
1: says Apple Pay later is available everywhere Apple Pay is accepted mm-hmm. online or in app using the MasterCard network. That's from Apple. So, oh, she so could do it on anything. So that would mean any card whoa, that you've loaded into whoa, whoa, Apple whoa. Pay. Well, that's great. Because if it was just tied to the card, because one thing that drives me crazy about Apple Pay is that oh. even though I have set my Chase card as my default, because those are the best points in the business. It mm. always wants. It always defaults to using the Apple Card to pay first, and I'm always like, mm. no. But mm. this, but if if you've just yeah. set up Apple Pay with either cash or any card or a debit card or whatever, it looks like you'll be able well, to use. Here's what's
0: interesting. Awesome. They've just. But you have this to apply. Is, uh, hold on a second. I, I think I underestimated what's happening here because my first question was, I guess they, they're going to have to make a deal with each merchant or something. And I'm reading here from the release: Apple Pay Later is available and everywhere Apple Pay is accepted online or in app using the mastercard network okay those are the qualifiers so if they use apple pay and it's mastercard because i guess they you know the the fees matter here uh, you can do this which means i mean everybody supports apple pay now it's like becoming a thing Mm -hmm. so this means that they're going to have a footprint that's much bigger than a firm or any of the other people doing this In other words, it's being done not on a merchant by merchant basis. It's being done on like a platform basis. This is really disruptive. I mean, Mm -hmm. uh, what is this going to do to a firm stock? Do we have, because who are the, uh, is there any, are there any other publicly traded? Our firm has to be getting
1: walloped right now. I think it already is. Let me look. I'm going to just pull it up real quick. Because yeah, no, this is a, this is actually a huge deal.
0: Down 3%, 2.87. So it's actually moderately down. People haven't figured it out yet. I actually heard that, uh, that uh, Max Levchin um, was on CNBC today. So, mm-hmm. I mentioned that was a preemptive. Mm-hmm. Um, in the past five days, they're down 20%. So, it's, it's obviously been a rough ride for them. Um, and I don't even know since the peak. But that's one of those stocks that got a yeah. mega wallop. They were at $168 November 4th. They're now at $24. And so, they are down 85% from the peak.
1: Peak trow, 91 percent oh my lord and oh now apple lord. just now apple just came and said like peace e- out now as we recently looked up apple mm-hmm. has about a 51 percent market share in the united states so okay. it's not like everybody in america is all of a sudden going to be using this you have to have apple pay set just up and have your stuff well in there healed. Just, the just the most re-
4: well-heeled customers just the people
1: who buy the Ouch. most stuff who <laughs> <laughs> and you can i know i mean this <laughs> is like you know, I think there's like generally after my years as a business journalist, I have realized that there is generally an underestimation of the mm. importance of things that are related to financial stuff. Like, yeah, overall, right? I was talking about this this weekend at a conference with uh, in relation to climate like guys, it feels like there's not a lot happening in politics, but there's a ton happening in money. And that's actually more important. Yeah. This is that like, that's great that you can customize your lock screen or whatever. But Apple just started dominating payments dominating and here's dominating. the
0: thing. they made it so easy so you look at crypto and crypto's like we're a better payment system i don't know i open up my phone every day and the user interface is so great on this and now i can spread my payments out over six weeks not that i need to but why wouldn't i to why your point I? there's no interest there's no interest and so time is money uh like this is i mean uh, listen i'm not the customer here but It, it, I was the customer probably 15 years ago and 15 years ago, this would have been meaningful to me when I was well, maybe 20 when I was living more on a, you know, month to month, Mm -hmm. quarter to quarter basis. This is significant. What's really interesting about this Molly is if you think about Apple's competitive advantages, they have all the money with Mm a $200 billion plus hedge fund. They don't need to go to anybody to secure a facility. Yep. So a firm or any other buy now, pay later company, they need to set up money and pay interest on it in some way. And then there's some margin here. Apple could just make this a feature. So for them to float your money for six weeks, cost nothing. Yep. And for you to buy a phone every two years and make them $600 mm-hmm. in profit and
1: to use the app store and make them probably another $600 in profit <laughs> with that totally. 30%. And if I you mean, this have is the genius. Apple card and wow. you end up, and also they have, and I hate wow. to say this, right? Apple is, they're big on privacy, but this also gives them a lot of insight into data, yes. shopping data, like a yep. lot, a lot. If you have the Apple card, they're taking a transaction fee every time that you use that Apple card to do these purchases. I mean, this is just like, if this is actually how Apple discovers a new solar system, yep. if you will. Yeah, Because this is a huge deal. Um, but also, yeah. it still sells iPhones because you can only do this on Apple devices. It's freaking well,
0: genius. It's so genius. Um, so, they also have an API, which is interesting, for the lock screen. So, what this means is uh, anybody can build a lock screen experience. In other words, you have the App Store. Mm-hmm. You make an app there. Uh, you know, the Peloton app, let's say. Uh, or Spotify better example, mm-hmm. Then you got the Spotify watch app, right? It's extension of that. And mm-hmm. then you have the Spotify widget, you know, that you could float on your, you know, desktop or your iPad desktop or your phone or, or, uh, or when you swipe left, there's that little area that can, it's not the control center, but that's the other area for like notifications. What this means is there's another app extension, essentially. So what could you do with the phone is locked, you pick it up and you see something? So Mm -hmm. let's watch this uh, 56-second clip where uh, Craig uh, from Apple
4: explains. Sometimes notifications can cover up your personal photo, so we've rethought how they appear. Notifications now roll in from the bottom of the lock screen as you receive them, Mm. and you can choose to hide them throughout the day. Now, sometimes you get a bunch of notifications from an app, like when you're following the score of a basketball game. Well, now there's a better way to keep tabs with something called Live Activities. Mm -hmm. Live Activities make it easier to stay on top of things that Mm -hmm. are happening in real time, right Mm -hmm. from your lock screen. And for developers starting in an update to iOS 16 later this year, they can use the Live Activities API to create these compact and glanceable experiences. This will make it really easy Mm -hmm. to follow that NBA game, track the progress of an Uber ride, see how you're doing on your workout Uh, and more uh, all while letting the other elements on the lock screen shine. All right. Another winner. Small vein that's
0: existed on Android for a long time.
1: Like a long time, like a long time. Yeah,
0: but what an amazing cheeseburger! I'd like to try it. I've never. I would had love a to try that cheeseburger. Right. I know
1: Android users have this, but do you think if I give you like ninety nine dollars, I could also have ketchup? I mean, awesome. Absolutely. like sure. honestly, a slide up so no. This again.
0: What color yep. ketchup would you like? It now ketchup comes in seven
1: colors. But that is freaking awesome to not it's have. There's so much stuff that I do on my phone all the time that I don't yes. want to have to unlock it to monitor like a time, like a, a, a song playing. Genius. I mean, they have those kind of like little widgets, but they don't totally work. The Uber thing is awesome. No, it's so, yeah. the Uber one is the best one. The to, Uber to, one is the best one. I mean, like to just far.
0: know it or DoorDash or mm-hmm. Instacart to see them approaching. Mm-hmm. Or Domino's has their little status bar.
1: You can have a little um, Amazon. Where's my stuff? Except Amazon won't do it because they're in a big huge fight or whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Amazon.
0: Ah, uh, this is brilliant. I, and you know what's really interesting that Great. we're starting to see here is Apple protecting our privacy. I mean, if you want to get really cynical about this, I did a tweet about it. Oh, well, uh, well, I do. Somebody, somebody named Seth Miller said the audacity after decimating the entire economy. Now, I don't know who Seth Mills Twenty One is, but uh, let's see if I can find his title: uh, CEO of Rap Chat App. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. so he's he's so in one the of the many, yeah,
1: like probably small companies that was you know injured. Bye. Yeah. So here, look at this personalized ad so yeah. We
0: can pull up the screenshot. I guess he got an upsell um, when he was in maybe the news product. And it says personalized ads. So if you click on the his tweet, and you click on the screenshot, let's zoom in on that. And I'll mm-hmm. just read you what it says personal ads and Apple apps, such as the App Store and Apple News help you discover apps, products and services that are relevant to you. We protect your privacy by using device generated identifiers and not linking advertising information to your Apple ID. Turning on personalized ads uh, increases the relevance of ads shown. Uh, Turning on personalized increases the relevance of ads shown by letting us use data like account information, app and content purchases, and where available, the types of news stories you read. Apple does not track you or share your personal information with any third party. So anyway, Apple, Mm -hmm. (laughs) 12 (laughs) years after Facebook perfected personalized ads has launched personalized ads. (laughs) But Apple can do personalized ads, because they're storing your data on your phone, I would think and not sharing it with folks. Um, And they're using it in their app store and news apps to help you discover apps and products and services relevant to you. So they did it
1: differently. So it's okay. (laughs) But... Is it though? We do not, by the way, they do not say that they are storing this on device and i'm certain that they're not there's no way they could be storing this information on device otherwise they couldn't offer you personalized anything like they need to be able to well you're saying like because of speed no i'm saying they need to aggregate data around you otherwise they can't target you well here's what
0: they could do: they could have a hundred psychographic categories right like nba lover car lover etc and they get let's say they just had a hundred on your phone you uh, you know so you like cash you play casual games or you play you know strategy games whatever game category you're in whatever they keep that on your phone and it's going to you open up your news app or you open up your app store and it says hey listen this phone likes casual games and strategy games cars and the nba and the ads people who are buying ads can say can pick from those psychographic categories but they can't target you it's you know uh unlike say facebook so i i guess they could do it technically they wouldn't be able to do it in real time like in a search right mm-hmm. or in your feed in real time because that would take it being on the server i think uh, and be be faster but who knows um but it we'll is, try to um, find out
1: yeah we'll try it's, to find out i mean it's, it's just like crazy hypocritical it's dirty <laughs> it, as hell it's dirty it as dirty. hell <laughs> yeah, it and it was always dirty. coming i mean we've been coming. saying this We've been saying, I think we've probably been saying this on some level, at least I have for half a decade or longer, which was like, Apple has a ton of data around you about you. It is only a matter of time before they want to monetize that data. Full stop. Yeah, but. And this is that. It is that. And it's saying, we're only going to do this, though, in our walled garden. It'll only be the data, which is just like, well, you know, we're not going to follow you across the web the way that Facebook did. Here's the big difference, Molly.
0: You have to give them this they're asking you to opt into it with a very understandable message right so
1: what percentage of which people they didn't do at first by default when ios 15 came out you ha- it, it was oh, yeah. not it Maybe was they, they weren't out. doing personal and they ads, changed right? it no they no, changed no they changed it, it. they yeah. specifically got in a lot of trouble and then changed it
0: so if facebook did this and facebook said hey we want to personalize ads to you is that okay I would feel a lot better about Facebook, I'll be honest, um but you yeah. know, burying this stuff in the interfaces um this is where I think defaults matter, so I will give I'll give apple like a a b on this. You might give him a C or a d, but I think it's like a b for me. I mean, I'll if, give them a b
1: on yeah. interface
0: but and clarity I, and I'm gonna give them a choice. c or d
1: on opting into targeted ads at all on on like targeted advertising only ends badly and shouldn't be necessary. Like that's, I don't Listen, want that. And I
0: just, I, I, you I'm know, glad I, I can opt
1: out, but the fact that I can opt out, but I like mm-hmm. know it exists now makes me suspicious in a way that I wasn't that's before. The, it was like, I think that was feels Apple's off moat. Brand.
0: It, feels it feels off brand. brand. Yeah. Yes,
1: I think that's a really good insight.
0: The other important insight I want to share with everybody is, uh, there's a lot of people commenting on Domino's and the fact that I know the Domino's interface for the personalized screen. Okay, let me defend myself.
1: Why would you have to? Domino's is awesome.
0: (laughs) Domino's regular pizza is like a trashy delight, but it's trashy. I agree. I would never order, like I'll go to like a really good brick oven place. I'll get really. But I have to say. I know where you're going with this. Vin crust pepperoni (laughs) is not pizza. It's not pizza, Nick. Producer Nick is absolutely in line with me on this. It's like having some other thing it's like a little cracker it's like a cracker like a with cheese and pepperoni on it is the perfect most delightful thing you can order for your daughters when watching Wan or the mandalorian and you've got to i'm not saying like you know listen i try to be the best dad i can but sometimes you're caught in the crossfire and you got kids yelling and screaming at you and nobody's happy mom's not home i'm a solo dolo i am just like one hand, I got the Domino's app. The other hand, I got Disney Plus, And I'm like, I got to get these three girls, you know, under control. I'm like, oh, look, Obi-Wan, Mandalorian, boom, boom. Oh, look, I ordered Domino's. And all of a sudden, the world's right. I got that Domino's thin crust coming. They love the thin crust. I love. They this. do like their chicken too. Now they have this little makes me so happy. chicken nuggets there. Also, so th-
4: absolute one hundred percent shout out to Domino's for building their own delivery infrastructure. Yes, and their stock has gone ten x over the last ten years.
0: Listen, I mean, Domino's that's nice of you to make it a business story,
1: but also it's delicious.
0: I <laughs> have been telling, but true. I have been telling uh, Uber publicly for a long time, buy Domino's.
1: Yes. Buy Domino's. Isn't Domino's, I, there is, this is a real stock story. Like I think Domino's is like the pull stock that's up the, that's up the most over the last decade. Like,
0: 10X uh, over the last 10 years. It's unbelievable. But isn't it
1: more than almost any other consumer stock, if not any? Like there was something, there was some crazy stat that was like, if you look at the stock that's gained the most in the last 10 years, you'll never guess, you know, it was like one of those, like you'll never guess which stock it is and it's freaking Domino's. I mean, pull up the five-year chart for Domino's. It's- I, listen, pretty, I nice. pretty nice. complete trash. It's only 13 billion. And Domino's is awesome. Although, right. I have a question about Domino's. I recently had to yeah. rank cheap pizza with my son, and I was like, you know, it's a tough one for me because Domino's is close to the bottom once you factor in like Mountain Mike's and Round Table. And you know what is actually weirdly the best cheap pizza in the world? Chuck no. E. Cheese.
0: Oh, Chuck E. Cheese isn't bad. Yeah, that I've, pizza I've, is delicious. I've, I've, I've uh, I was, like this is going to be the worst pizza I've ever had, and I was like, ah,
1: I could have a slice. I thought though no, it's good. we have
0: driven uh, there no, on no, purpose no, for
2: it uh, with uh, the no, cheese, no, the
0: stuffed,
1: no, cheese, no, no, the no. stuffed crust with the cheese in there. Uh, oh no, yeah, no, 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 good. I will. This this why why
4: trash. One quick Domino's take their their regular uh, cheese pizza uh, is is repulsive. I think that's I'll, true. I'll horrible. That's that
1: accurate. That's accurate. Thin
0: thin crust is great. Thin crust is transcendent. um Domino's Cracker. It's a Domino's Cracker. A Domino Cracker pizza is it's great. It's a little appetizer. It's great as an appetizer. I'm, you we're three having free tonight, palate
2: cleanser. I'm it getting is.
0: this tonight. You, uh, um, you, well, here's the thing. But so very, we have two very important points here about Domino's. We do. Number one, thin crust pizza. Number mm-hmm. two, they built their own app and their own delivery infrastructure. It is so freaking fast. Mm-hmm. It's disturbing. Uh, like they get there fast um now the app's not perfect but it is a great user experience and um i want to know Domino's are they franchises each store yeah and independently operated or is it a are you just an employee of that because it does feel like they have i think the benefit of franchising molly is and nick producer Nick's online, is that the franchisee has a higher motivation than just a GM, like if you had a general manager of the store. So they, yeah, yeah. So yeah, Domino's it prides itself in branding excellent around its team members and franchises. Much of Domino's has come from its franchise business model, which is an internally based franchise system. I don't know what an internally based franchise system is, but whatever it is, it works because God bless them. Like they care. They are racing to get you your pizza and they do it right. And you, you can't, I mean, at least the Domino's that I've driven by, I don't know, maybe like some of them in the Midwest or the South are different, but you in can the Northeast, pick up. like you can't even go inside them. They're just delivering. Most are cloud kitchens. Yeah. They're just um, kitchens. And some of them now have pickup. So if you want to save, like they give you two bucks off if you pick up yourself. So they do it. All right, here we go. Nerd wallet, 2020 initial franchi- franchising fee. The Domino's initial franchise fee is 10,000 for building a new store or franchise or franchising or closer. What? No. No way! I'm going to order ten today. What are you talking about? <laughs> I've spent ten thousand a year on this stuff. Uh, you're going ma- wanna... to you're
1: going to order a store.
0: Well, I mean, I think in, if you want to open one <laughs> of these, it's, it's, going to, it's going to become a Domino's colonizer. I would totally see, colonize it's Domino's. It's Domino's
4: and- Absolutely. I would. I would lo- like it's to point long out long
0: overdue for to have like a feta cheese pizza. Uh, the Greeks are coming.
1: And reasons
2: why Greeks traditionally I love my life in Oakland. <laughs> we very much are that's
0: us. shout out yeah. wow, listen we should have a lamb talk about us Apple, huh? lamb lovers Open, like, lamb uh, lovers pizza let's go get a
1: pizza place in a wine shop and just reclaim the brand <laughs> on behalf of the greeks i went to right, the oakland greek on. festival and i always try the greek wine and i'm always like yeah no 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 uh okay and i cannot get dominoes way. in my freaking house by the way for and the second investment. house in a row in oakland get it together oakland um, okay, on the low
0: side, you can expect to invest around 145 On the high end total can climb about 500,000 initial investment, franchising for a 10,000 for building a new store. Uh, net worth requirement is 250,000 check cash liquidity requirement is 75,000 check. I'm qualified. I could open up 10 of these tomorrow. But I think you only
1: get a certain area. So it's probably yeah. they've all been taken, you get a corner. Well, you could open one that delivers to my f-ing house. Because, again- I'll, I'll do it. Pardon Let's my go. language. I'll, I'll, I'm on I'll. my second location in Oakland where I cannot get Domino's. This would be a funny thing to do. So is that Is for be hysterical. us this weekend, startups to open. Just to open like a personal one. Like, you know what? Open it's a just domino. for me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so,
0: I should, so I'm going to put- poor You're
1: welcome, be like, the rest of my neighborhood. You're welcome. Poor Chief of we Stamp did this Presh for you.
0: going to be uh, looking this up <laughs> this afternoon. You Another know crazy project. Oh, it's I'm so in. Great. I'm in. All right. Back to this Apple. It's jasonsdominoes.com. Is that domain exactly. taken or not? Uh, it is now that you mentioned it <laughs> live on the air. Dip. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry <laughs> up. Never mention domains on the air. <laughs> Fresh, if you're watching live, hurry up. Yeah, right. you better
1: you best be typing. You better, you better get those little fingers going. All
0: right. Uh, also, they're adding a new chip uh, to yes. its silicon family. Apple is adding, they're calling it M2. Wow. The M2. So
1: recently, you know, <laughs> recently creative. we kind of, recently when I said uh, the iPhone is the sun and the whole company revolves around it, we were like, they haven't shipped that many products that aren't accessories. I should acknowledge that the chips are a big deal. Like these are a phenomenal technological accomplishment. The vertical integration of making their own chips gives them an insane technology mode. And not to mention the machines are bananas. So like I would like to, you know, edit myself and give full credit to Apple building its own chips, which I did a story about years ago being like, this is going to be kind of a big deal. And it turns out it's a huge deal. And the chips just keep getting better. I mean, you, you, you
0: buy one of these, um, it really does incentivize you to buy new machines. It was like the old day, it reminds me of the old days of the Pentiums. Remember when like a new Pentium chip would come out and you'd be like, oh my god, and the Intel totally. inside, they play the tune and you're like, whoa, this computer is a lot faster than my last computer. And when your computer's a lot faster, that feels great. Yeah. I mean, it just hasn't felt that way in desktop computers or iPads for a long time. And then you get these M1s and they hit two notes. They're discernibly faster Mm -hmm. and then have absurdly uh, more uh, battery life. So that combination is super compelling. Now, will they keep up the battery life march? I don't think so. But because it's kind of at the point of being unnecessary. When your laptop lasts the whole day, you're kind of like, okay, we're done here. Yeah. But having this incredible amount of power. They'll deprecate that
1: battery though. we all know. They'll, you know, know, I mean, they deprecate performance so the, because they start mm-hmm. to they, remember they got sued for intentionally slowing down your iPhone to preserve battery life. I mean, for one thing, yeah. the actual just usage of batteries will over time deprecate the battery life and they probably yeah, will make it what they were going against, hard yeah. and expensive to replace. They made still it hard have and expensive to buy to replace. A new
0: This is where if Apple really wanted to make a ton of money, imagine the back of your iPhone could open up like the old Blackberries or Nokias and you could swap your battery out again wait for apple to launch that again and they're like and now the newest concept in smartphones <laughs> a replaceable battery and we're all like oh my god go,
1: go, go, they'll be like they'll be like you can insert an sd card to expand your own memory We like, you can put an sd
0: card in everything you can have two sim cards it's like what do <laughs> you and believe in miracles coming from apple in 2025 you've used wireless airpods <laughs> but wouldn't you like at some point to not have to worry about battery life for those of you who would like a crystal clear connection we present the 2.5 inch jack, the the headphone jack. No! they, the headphone jack <laughs> the crowd they goes did loud. that they did it with the last m1 yeah they were like and by <laughs> the way would. we've now added the hdmi <laughs> and an sd card and we're like in a, a second.
1: And then they were like,
0: it has boards. And now our latest feature. We've removed boards, the touch pad that nobody ever used or wanted. And <laughs> like, go, go. Oh, yeah. you literally Meg got safe? rid of the, the touch bar that was annoying <laughs> that and nobody wanted Literally no the... one used. And I'll then they bragged
1: about it. about it. They didn't just yes. quietly kill it. Oh no. They were just like, now. We've some made of it our so creatives have told us. You can put your fingers anywhere on the keyboard and it won't start doing things. Yes.
0: And now <laughs> you don't have the constant distraction of a slider bar popping up that you don't know what it does. Contextual keys are now back to non-contextual. <laughs> oh! You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. No, they were literally like, some d- some folks in our community have told us. They prefer the focus of and... They prefer mm-hmm. not carrying six dongles Ugh. in the bottom of their bag, forgetting them, and then wanting to kill themselves when they get to their destination, and having to Amazon FedEx
1: overnight and anchor dongle. Some of our people have told Some us. Some people have told us. That. Some people have They're told gonna us. They're going to reintroduce black Bluetooth. They're going to be like, now, you can (laughs) wirelessly connect your phone to your car. What? (laughs) (laughs) Go. Oh, God, Apple, we love you. This has been the same temperature, by the way, for months, for four months. I'm holding up my Ember mug, for those of you who are not watching this. Wait, Ember mug figured out Bluetooth. Ember mug did, but then Apple broke it, so I can't Mm. change the temperature on my Ember mug. I just hope it's not going to cook the milk.
0: I got to say, I probably have a pretty good MPS score right now uh, in terms of as an employer. with the Between the Ember mug and the second row courtside seats, yeah. I think your MPS score is pretty high right now.
1: Would yeah. you recommend working with JTL to a friend? That's a 10. Nine or 10. That's a 10. I mean, uh, look. That's it. That's a 10. Look, look at all these presents. I got a red, red flag flags. right here. I got two red flags. <laughs>
0: two red flags. Yeah. Those cost about $3, you know? <laughs> <laughs> those...
1: You're really easy to please. I am so easy. I was just like, oh my God, this is so fun. I got you a kitchen
0: magnet. It's got the Golden Gate Bridge on it. It worked. It worked. worked. (laughs) I'm in. Something that's not working or working too well, depending on which side of the equation you are on. It works. Yeah, it works. It's hackers uh, and investment frauds and drug dealers and finance. Turns out an investigation by Reuters has shown that at least 2.35 billion of illicit funds Again, hackers, investment frauds, drug dealers—you know the, the dark economy, the black mm-hmm. market—has uh, mm-hmm. been laundered through Binance between 2017 and 2022. Now, again, this is an investigation by Reuters. They found this. So, uh, this—I don't know if I have to say allegedly or allegedly. this is according to their reporting. Yeah. Allegedly, blah blah blah. I mean, we're not
1: blaming any specific person, so I think we can probably fairly say. I mean,
0: it's the CEO's fault ultimately, but I'm not blaming any specific person because. But you are in charge, and you all the. I mean, you basically just
1: went ahead and built Silk Road two, thinking there's a market need here. But you know, I'm not accusing you of anything. We're not
0: accusing anybody of anything, but you're going to jail. Um, (laughs) You may want to be. You may want to find a friendly jurisdiction. Perhaps query the Tether guys. Where they're hanging out. Where's the CEO of Tether? You You might might want to buy the house next to him. My money is duck duck go for that too, by Molly, the way. Set oh, the table, okay. Molly. Set the table here. What's going on?
1: Binance As only you can, Molly. Uh, only Binance, can. of course, is a crypto exchange that has about 120 million users globally. They process hundreds of billions of crypto transactions per month. They were actually banned in the United States in 2019 Got and it. then opened an entirely separate exchange in uh called Binance.us that Got reportedly it. did comply with okay. US crypto exchange laws because Clever. ironically, even though it sometimes feels like we have none we do have a few mm-hmm. the there are, yeah keep going yeah so between 2017 and 2021 um that's when i think they started right and that's when the laundering started in may of 2021 so about a year ago the u.s department of justice and the irs launched this investigation into okay. binance on allegations of these money laundering and tax fraud uh issues mm-hmm. then in August 2021, Binance enacted Know Your Customer, KYC, and Anti Money Laundering, AML, requirements for all users. Prior to that, they had what Reuters referred to as, quote, weak AML and KYC checks ah. that made it super easy to hide transactions. Evidently, current and former Binance execs had raised concerns mm. about the lack of these protections back in January, according to Reuters, uh, to the CEO and founder. But uh, that person, He's CZ. The guy CZ. CZ, and that's like his only yeah. name, right?
0: Yeah, I guess.
1: He's like Madonna in that way. He's like Beyonce. Uh, CZ did so not listen. So basically
0: three months after the DOJ and IRS come knocking, they put in KYC and AML. So they ran this up. They got the market share. They did it illegally, allegedly. Uh, they get investigated, and then they tighten things up. So this seems like a, a trend. I, I Dare I say, this is like a playbook now. Um you know, we we say in Silicon Valley like move fast, break things, or never ask for permission. You know, never beg for forgiveness. Don't ask for permission, kind of thing. The problem with CZ, his nickname uh, for Chang Peng Zhao, is uh, the problem with this process is as we've seen. If you're in healthcare uh, mm-hmm. or say in insurance or finance, um, you don't get to move fast and break things. If you're making a video game or a social network or something that doesn't impact people acutely in a highly regulated industry. Mm -hmm. uh, You know, you might want to pursue this Molly, like, sure, move fast and break things. But as we saw with Theranos, uh, as we're seeing here, um, and as we saw with Zenefits, uh, and, um, you know, insurance fraud over there, uh, where they were, I guess, faking people's insurance certifications, like, there are some highly regulated places where you could, you know, if you move too fast, get in trouble. Uh, and if you do want to reinterpret the laws, uh, which Airbnb, Lyft, Uber said, hey, we think that these laws it, from our interpretation were okay, mm-hmm. you will then spend a decade with each jurisdiction, you know, and, and you may win some, you may lose others. And, yep. and in the case of ride sharing, it won in, you know, 98 out of 100 jurisdictions. In the case of Airbnb, they won in probably 95 out of 100 places allow airbnb so you just got to be careful you know getting somebody a cheap taxi ride or a cheap hotel again slightly different you have to look at the impact each of these has on society um, an instagram you know app or whatever social network or video game very low impact transportation housing medium impact health finance Mm -hmm. insurance massive and you will Have the hammer dropped on you. This is a lesson from This Week in Startup for
1: Founders. The end. Clip here.
4: Here end the lesson.
1: Yeah. And also, I mean, if you build a tool that just allows for the illicit movement of money without oversight, eventually, Mm -hmm. one, people are going to find that tool and use it for that. I mean, people are trying, you know, people are out here trying to use like Zelle and Venmo to just avoid paying taxes. And they've had to crack down on that, like, let alone creating yep. sort of a new Silk Road t- style funnel for just hiding transactions at a massive scale, two some billion dollars. Also, there's this kind of bonkers situation where Binance invested $200 million in Forbes after Forbes itself released a leaked document called the Tai Chi Entity, which Alleged that CZ and Binance had created a corporate structure designed to intentionally deceive United States regulators and secretly profit from U.S. crypto traders. So Forbes reports on this leaked document uh, explains this this structure as, quote, a strategic plan to execute a bait and switch. Setting up Mm -hmm. the uh, an entity in the United States effectively and sort of like pretending that it was following the rules, but wasn't is probably the Mm TLDR on that. And then. Two years later, in 2022, Binance announces a $200 million investment in Forbes, like to buy them and shut them down for leaking this thing? Um,
0: it must be a coincidence. I mean, don't all crypto companies buy decrepit old media brands?
2: Sh- Isn't that like part so of the
0: playbook? Yeah, sure.
1: I Salesforce, don't know. more
0: time. Uh, but had time guys... blow
1: the lid off of Salesforce's no, of like not. sketchy right, no, Totally, That's the like, only wait, what? I
0: could think of. No, <laughs> well, of course what? they didn't. What? I mean, I think Mark Benioff just wanted to have the time 100 and pick the time yeah, of man course. of the year,
1: or I should say person of the year. It's like the, it's like at this point a sports team or a jet, but you just have so much money that a sports team or a jet doesn't even thrill you anymore. No, no, so the you timing just wanna, here is bizarre. Uh, the the timing mean, is absolutely bizarre. But does Forbes, are
0: they the ones, who is it Fortune or Forbes that has the contributor network where like. Forbes? P, is Forbes. that Forbes? Oh my God, mm-hmm. it's so gross. It's like. I get all these people asking me to do interviews or like I get mentioned in this. And I'm like, why am I being mentioned in Forbes? I didn't get called by a journalist. And it's like, oh, no, that's the contributor network. I'm like, how do I know that? They're like, oh, do you see this little icon over here? That means it's a random person who we allow to write about insurance on the site, who's an insurance broker, and they write about themselves. And I'm like, do you need page views that much that you created this thing? And I guess it's a I think it's a talk about bait and switch. I think the Forbes bait and switch is like 90% of their traffic comes from these, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, self-promotional articles and yeah, the contributors, contributors, whatever that means, free content. But then they have this facade of like, oh, these elite journalists, theoretically, not elite, but you know, they, there's some real journalists somewhere in the building and then they sell advertising and the advertisers are getting 90% garbage and 10%, you know, theoretically great elite journalism, content. Yeah. yeah. Great journalism. Um, anyway.
1: Interestingly, and I had forgotten this, we did report, or I did see that what they were going to do with Forbes was take it public via SPAC, <laughs> and that plan was called off six days ago. Um, this story has everything.
0: This, this is like, this is like Stefan on everything. SNL. This story has everything. <laughs> Forbes the Club to a go SPAC? to <laughs> the hottest club to go to is CZ in Hong Kong. It's right below Tether, the hottest oh spot in the world you can money launder drug deal and oh and my god a Stefan. media
1: spac. <sighs> and a oh my media god spac. we get all the same. we are literally we we need to shake up the age range on this show because we are literally telling all the same jokes <laughs> no
0: we never had a stephan <laughs> joke is that's incredible. my favorite
1: character for a that long time so i know i love that one so much and that said- is the perfect example the perfect analogy for what's happening here like <laughs> what they what he t- said was i think john Mul- mulaney is that mm-hmm. the guys
0: john name mulaney. they said john mulaney would write that for whatever a hater bill hater yeah. and he wouldn't and get that, to see it well they would write one script and then he would change things that were so outrageous that you know he was
1: always cracking up
0: <laughs> yeah and, and he and he came up with this <laughs> Which he said was a combination of just trying to keep it together and the feeling of being in a club as a club kid taking ecstasy and like rolling too hard and be like. And it's oh just, my God. That was, the. I mean, Stefan as a character was
1: literally the greatest. So genius. Just type in
0: like, Stefan, SNL, best of. It's, it's, it's the greatest.
1: Time. We must have watched like 30 of those a few weeks back for that exact same reason because it's brilliant um super next level okay wow. we gotta wrap up
0: but we, we gotta go. to talk about the Elon. elon uh, uh what's the guy's name elon Elon, elon musk believes twitter i was i just had a
1: conversation with somebody who referred to him almost like ellen, ellen. like i was like where yeah. do you it's kind of nice to know that the permeation is not complete yeah anyway, well here's the thing the, the, something something twitter yes
0: and uh obviously there's a bot problem and uh This price is either, as he said in the uh, all-in interview we did, like maybe the price gets negotiated, the deal gets canceled. um, But headline today, headline today, tee it up, if you will.
1: Um, Headline today is that according to a letter from Elon Musk's lawyers uh, in an SEC filing, quote, Mr. Musk believes the company is actively resisting and thwarting his information rights and the company's corresponding obligations under the merger agreement, And the letter goes on to say, and this is kind of the key legal language should Musk Mm. be trying to get out of this deal. This is a clear material breach of Twitter's obligations under the merger agreement. And Mr. Musk reserves all rights resulting therefrom, including his right not to consummate the transaction and his right to terminate the merger agreement. Yeah. Now, Matt Levine from Bloomberg has written several times that this is like (laughs) that there is no such right. Um, and that material impact is a very, very, very high bar to prove, Mm. but he has also gone on to say, you know, effectively like Musk is going to do whatever he wants and nobody's going to enforce the rules here. So,
0: well, and if you look at it, um, this is something that Twitter has been opaque about, you know, the bot problem. And so if they, I don't think any of us believe it's less than 5%, right? So If it is in fact more, or you get a bunch of data and it looks really bad, now that puts Twitter's board in a really precarious position, I think, which is do you want to go into discovery and have every conversation from engineers to the CEO, from the CEO to the board, and then 50 other conversations in between where you talk about how you're going to explain the bot problem to the public shareholders? And that is chaos. And And we don't
1: like what Twitter has said is. You know it's really hard to measure this musk does not believe that he has made it very clear i keep calling him musk like i'm trying to like distance myself from this story here um <laughs> mr musk ellen has said, <laughs> elon has said over and over he does not believe that it's that hard to measure it twitter keeps saying it is hard to measure it no but it's absolutely not i mean i think you're 100 percent right they probably don't want to go into discovery nobody no, wants to deal no, with no, no, the, no. the toxicity of an, a long long lawsuit it yeah. seems to me not possible to go. having to zero away. knowledge whatsoever that what's happening here is he's going to like, it's exactly what Matt Levine says. As usual, he's going to walk away from the deal. Twitter could probably sue him, but they're not going to. Yeah, he I does mean, what he I, wants. There's I no rules. No impor-
0: I literally have no information on this. Um, I haven't talked to Elon about it or anybody, but my 95% chance here would be a lower price or it doesn't happen. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it, it, and also the price is overpriced now. So I, I would just, if I was. Yeah. Twitter, I mean, shouldn't I say, buy it. That how would do you be... feel about $34.20? Yeah. Like, and maybe at $34.20, maybe it's but worth it. But that's not a
1: very fun name, So he's, or a fun number, so he's probably not going to do no, it. No, it's
0: still got $4.20 in it. $34.20.69. Oh, $34.20. $34.20. 3, dollars uh, uh-huh.
1: But
0: uh-huh. it is what it is. Um, yeah. Forty two zero six nine. dollars uh, Round up the penny. So... It, we'll keep watching this, but I think it's going to be a summer of debate. And, you know, Skadden arps is the largest, I believe, still the largest law firm in the world. Like, they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, finally, as we wrap, Beijing is wrapping up its DD investigation. According to the Wall Street Journal, CCP investigators will complete, I'm sorry, their investigation of Chinese ride-sharing company DD. Uh, the company's app will be restored to the Chinese App Store as soon as this week after being removed almost a year ago stock was up 30 percent on the news um i have a horse in this race theoretically uber still owns a large position so full disclosure there Mm -hmm. um but you remember this has more to do with chinese and american relations because they went public already Um, and we're doing great and then china said no more companies from china on american exchange
1: exactly that's what it was about it was that Didi went public on a u.s exchange yeah um And I I mean, you know, you can only interpret it as sort of a revenge tour and a warning to other companies not to do that. It's that it's the protectionism campaign in full force, but at least looks like DD at least is going to recover from it. Although during that time, the time Mm. of this investigation, Mm. yeah, it's stock is down. 84% 84% down to a market cap of 12 billion dollars is this the low right here $2.53? Oh no, that's you, right now. That's today, June 6. Yeah, wow. it's
0: up a little bit. But I mean, I you know, so basically yeah, they were worth six times more or something like that. So
1: <laughs> Oh, and relatedly, there's this nice note. Relatedly, Didi will be delisting from the New York Stock Exchange yeah. and listing in the Hong Kong Stock Exchange. Kel Cypress. Yeah, Kel Cypress.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's all going to be I mean, basically, all of these companies will just trade in Hong Kong and like the decoupling. We'll see how far the decoupling goes. It seems Mm -hmm. like right now, uh, media, finance, these things will be decoupled. And then, you know, manufacturing, probably not. So, you know, maybe it was a bridge too far. Having, you know, our apps in China, we never got our apps in China, having their companies listed here and them having less control over those companies and those companies having more Western influence in them, i.e. the boards of the companies, et cetera. So
1: it and is more, what it is. And more yeah. visibility, right? I'm sure that that sure. would lead to, I mean, investors would probably get some visibility, but I could imagine China. I'd be curious to know what visibility US investors might have into the business as a result of DD listing on and on New York Stock Exchange as opposed to Hong Kong. Maybe there's no difference. but
0: Basically, no, I think you're going to have to start obeying the the securities laws of the West. And so... Right. You know, that means, you know, information rights and, you know, w- where do you legally, um, mm-hmm. reside in terms of shareholder complaints, right? Um, and then what influence does the Chinese government has? Can the Chinese government take a company trading in the US and then tell them they have to hand over their data or not? Well, if it's in Hong Kong, problem solved. There's super clarity here. Hong Kong is China. China is Hong Kong. You know, they're in charge at the end. So I guess they just wanted to have complete control uh, as opposed to questionable or partial control over these companies. And now they have complete control over them. They're anybody buying Chinese stocks that are listed in Hong Kong. Like, good luck to you. But I would never do it because it's a black box over there. They can do whatever they want. They do do whatever they want. Mm -hmm. They could tell kids they can play 10 hours of video games or no hours of video games a week. They can tell you you can have an education startup startup or not. Um, they can tell you shared prosperity is the goal or maximizing shareholder revenue is a the goal. They told everybody shared prosperity is the goal. It's a goal. It's a distinctly different benchmark than the West. In the West, mm-hmm. we say, you know, shareholder value is what you're going for. And, you know, on the margins, ESG, stakeholder, this and that. But still, you're responsible for your shareholders first and foremost. And in China, shared prosperity is mm-hmm. the goal. So yep. if you want to live in a communist country. We can move to China and have the stock market be run on shared prosperity
1: whatever that means. I encourage everyone uh, should you want to know what that's been like lately, my former marketplace colleague Jennifer Pack is in Shanghai and she's a big foodie and her Instagram Jpack Radio, P A K mm-hmm. J P A K Radio has been the most fascinating dystopian look inside what that lockdown has looked like for 2 mm. months mm. and it's basically just been her journey to like try to get food and it's all these pictures of the like the government handouts when they come and like they have rotten vegetables or they have this. And then they're trying to do this like barter thing. And I, I just am finding it like just as a look behind a curtain that you don't usually get to see. Mm-hmm. Go follow Jennifer Pack because it is it's absolutely been mesmerizing. Like for people who complained about the effectively non-existent actual quote unquote lockdowns in the United States. Like kids, you have no idea.
0: I mean, her feet she is no making idea. me really. um hungry but uh, i'm also looking at you know like day 58 day is, 50
1: looks pretty eight. pretty slim pickings and and day she's in, pretty rough like, you know and she's a foreign journalist effectively like she's chinese but yeah a journalist you know from the united states and like so she's in a pretty good neighborhood they have like pretty decent access relatively speaking i don't think that anybody in her neighborhood had to, had to kill their pets but mm-hmm. like it's just bananas to see the and to read her captions and see the scramble that they had to go through to get to any one of these and like yeah. she had to make like all these spring rolls because they got pork handed out from the government that was uh, about to go bad so they had to make like 150 spring rolls to just be yeah. like i don't know we got to use up the government pork yeah um yeah. crazy times it's uh, just so interesting
0: well you know it's um if you want to see you jennifer it's a different Shout world. out jennifer and yeah i'm glad the lockdown lockdown's over i saw you know people running into the streets getting to go out and, and eat food so yeah um i, I hope they uh and, and you know and sweden ended their lockdown a year early in the united states it's basically everybody decided we're just going to go through the storm
1: you know if, or people will have the choice to go through the storm or stay we home. have a we have a mask mandate back in our county
0: I heard that uh yeah Dan- Danbury and a couple of other places out there now have a mask mandate but people are not doing it. So It's like
1: Alameda County. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, there was a really interesting interesting David Leonard piece. Now, we've got plenty of show and I should stop talking. But interesting piece in the upshot well, in right the New York the Times time. where according to the data, mm-hmm. masks work, mandates don't. Like counties that had mandates had almost the same exact rates even though a well fitting and 95 actually mm-hmm. does work yeah, to prevent sense. Right, transmitting and receiving COVID. Yeah. Mandates make no difference because people are wearing cloth masks that are shitty or they have their yes. dicks hanging out because they're below is. their noses or they take them off to eat or whatever. Yes. And Alameda County, Compliance of course. Compliance matters. Two months later. I two mean, months that, after the surge
0: it, If you lock everybody in their home or if you were to like say you have to wear an N95 and you inspected it and you walked up and down the plane and you had like police officers right. inside tackling people who took their masks off to take a sip of coffee. Like, yes, it could theoretically It'll work. work but in practice, people are wearing bandanas. Right. Which, and then, you know,
1: just, and then Omicron is so contagious that the second you pull your mask down to like take some, eat some food on a plane, boop, boop you got it. Yeah, you're done. And we're done. All right, listen, it's been a lot of shit. Anyway, we
0: got it. Go. we'll see you all tomorrow. It's going to be a big week. Stick with us. If you are a founder of a pre Series A company, you haven't raised that Series A yet, which is really hard. Well, We wanted to invite you to Founder University. This is a two-day intensive course. It takes place on June 13th and 14th. It's remote. It's free. We limit the number of people who can come. We ask you to apply. And this virtual workshop is free for founders and helps you understand how to fundraise and pitch, how to hire great people, how to build a world-class product, how to execute on your sales and marketing, and some growth techniques as well. The launch team and I have been doing this for a long time. It has been amazing for us to get to know founders, and that's why we do it. Of course, we want to help folks as many as possible. That's part of our mandate. But really, our mandate at launch here at This Week in Startups and, you know, the syndicate, which is where we invest, we meet and invest in companies, is we want to back builders. And so we use these events as a way to get to know you. And if you're building something and we see you're credibly building something interesting in the world, well, then we want to invest in you. So truth be told, every time we do founder university, a uh, half dozen of those people we wind up funding in the next year or so. So it's a great way for us to spend time with entrepreneurs. Um, We're gonna be joined by a lot of experts. Uh, My friend Becky DeGraw, uh, who's my attorney, uh, from Wilson Sincini, uh, will be speaking at the event Fitbots co founder, uh, Jesse will be speaking Marlowe CEO, Mary Fox will be speaking. So we get a bunch of our portfolio companies who have been crushing it and who have learned a lot. And we've seen that they are qualified builders, we have them uh, come speak at the event. So you see how we Do things here at uh, this week in startups and launch uh, and the syndicate we like to uh, create a flywheel we invest in people who come out of founder university some number of them really crush it and become world-class companies and it's not guaranteed you have to do the work folks the ones who do then we have them speak at a later founder university so a lot of the great companies we've met came to a founder university they got to know us they learned something it was worth their time and that's really what we do with the agenda we try to make it worth your time to take two days off work, uh, essentially. Now, it's, it's remote, so you know you can consider it your weekend, even though it's taking place around the week. Um, you consider it professional development. And if you learn one or two important things about running a company, fundraising, growth, hiring, well, those one or two things will pay for those two days. I am absolutely certain of it. Now, you have to apply again, so you can register at founder.university. Yes, it's a great domain name. So go to founder.university and sign up. We also have a course called angel.university. If you want to invest in the companies and you think the philosophy I've explained here about how I invest in companies, and I've invested in over 300 of them. um, If you think this is an interesting um, way to meet startups early, help them and invest in them, well, you can read my deal memos as we invest in new companies and you can join us on that adventure. And I do this through a course called Angel University that has raised close to $200,000 for charity. And you can sign up for Angel University at angel.university. We do it four times a year. Great program. Uh, and it's just me and my partner, Mike Savino, talking about uh, how we pick companies, how we evaluate them, how we diligence them, how we source them, like Founder University is a source of investment and deal flow for us. And uh, that three or four hour course, actually, I think it's more like four or five hours, is well worth your time. All the proceeds from Angel University go to charity. And again, over 175,000, I think at this point, has gone to charity. So i very proud of that work. And Founder University is free. But you do have to apply. And we do pick people who have built a little bit of something. So we're looking for you to have some skin in the game. We have a Founder University 12-week program, which you can also see at founder.university. We'll be starting our third cohort shortly. And you can apply for that program if you have not started building or you're very early stages haven't incorporated yet you're nowhere near the series a you're kind of in the solo or co-founder situation and you're just starting to build maybe maybe you've incorporated maybe you have it and that's a 12-week course and that's another great one that we do so please join us founder.university and if you want to invest in these great companies angel.university